Turn with me in the scriptures, please, this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. And let's release faith as we embark on a new series today. You think you're ready? You might say, well, I I like the other one. Well, I I did too. (laughs) And uh, we certainly did not exhaust that subject. But the main thing is that you get the spirit of it. And then you continue to let the Lord show you things about it and deal with you month after month, year after year. And he knows what we need at the right time and season of our life. And so, uh, you know, one of the greatest favors you ever did for yourself is pray for the people that minister to you. Right? Because what the Lord gives them, what comes through them, affects you greatly. And uh, I, I endeavor continually not to have any kind of personal agenda. Uh, I just want to hear from him and give what he gives. Because he's ministered to me, same as you, right? We eat together. Well, the Lord's been dealing with me and, and Phyllis as well for, what, Phyllis, the past three years or so, we've been talking about some of these things. And um, I believe it's time for us to uh, get into the Word about them and believe for light and revelation. I'm believing to learn things today. Are you? So let's release faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together as touching this, and we ask you for revelation. We ask you for light of the truth, understanding. We ask you for the word that brings faith concerning these things. Give, we ask, utterance that we may speak as the oracles of God, that we may hear you and not a man. Give us ears that hear and eyes that see and hearts and minds that can discern and perceive and understand We ask for knowledge. We ask for grace and wisdom. Thank you for the light. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, nor hearers only, but to be doers of the word. Because we know when we step out and do what you say, we will be blessed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen means so be it. So be it. Matthew 7, are you there? Verse 1. It begins by saying, judge not. Who's the understood subject? You don't judge. You judge not. And he tells you the, one of the main reasons why. That or so that you won't be judged. Judge not that you be not judged. Everybody say that out loud with me a couple of times. Judge not that you be not judged. Another time. Judge not that you be not judged. How many believe this is something we should pay attention to, that this is, this is true? Now, almost every Christian knows this. And a whole lot of non-believers know it too. And one of the favorite phrases of people that have missed it and blown it is, 
Don't judge me. Don't judge. You're supposed to be a Christian. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> and when's the last time you repented for judging somebody? <laughs> well, has it really been that long since you judged somebody? And, and, and most everybody will agree, don't judge. You're not supposed to judge. But then finding people that will admit they're judging is hard. It's rare. In fact, if you say to somebody, well, don't judge, nine times out of ten, what will be their response? I, I'm not judging. I, I wasn't judging I'm just, <laughs> so everybody believes you shouldn't do it, but if you listen, if you believe what everybody's telling you, really nobody is. <laughs> the master was really straight with us about this, directing us, commanding us not to do it, but if you believe what everybody says, you'd think, well, Lord, there really wasn't any reason for you to say that, because... <laughs> Nobody's really judging anyway. Now what's happening? People are judging right and left. They're not calling it that. They're denying that they are. I'm just go ahead on and say it. You've done it many times. And I have too. But it's a huge problem. Because why need you tell us don't judge? So you won't be judged. So what if you do judge? Does it matter if you get judged or not? Now you got a whole group of folks around today that, that don't believe it's even possible for a Christian to be judged. Well then again, Jesus just said this for no reason. Did I lose somebody? No. Judging is a very serious matter. And the truth is, you do not want to be judged. And I don't want to be judged. <laughs> it's quiet in here. So, well, you can't be judged because it's such and such. Just, just listen. Just stay with us a while. Let's go through the scriptures. How many would just take at face value that there's a good reason why Jesus said this? Right? And you do not just want to throw that away. Judge not that you be not judged. Keep reading. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. This is perfectly fair. In fact, it's the only thing that is. That could be. In this situation. How's God going to deal with me? He's going to deal with me. The way I deal with you. And how's that not fair? Is that fair or not? We're talking about judging. Well God is the righteous judge of all the earth. He's responsible. And he only he is qualified for that kind of judging. Nobody else is. 
But uh, how, how's he going to deal with me? According to this, he's going to deal with me the way I deal with you. Ever how I judge is how I'm going to be judged. And ever how I deal with you measure, that's how it's going to be measured back to me. Most Christians do not believe this. If you did, if you really believe this, <laughs> it will change the way you deal with people immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Verse 3. Well, we're off to a rip-roaring start here, aren't we? I mean, whoo. How many excited about this new series already? Like, whoo. All come to church, Brother Keith's on a new series about judging. Come on. He goes on to say, why behold the moat that is in your brother's eye, which is the equivalent of judging? Now, let, now let's just let's stop right here. We just got through talking about, do you hear people as a constant thing admitting they're judging? No. What do you hear? Denying it. But are people judging? Oh, man. It's happening all over the place. Uh, that's what is happening right here. It's as simple as this. You got something in your eye. <laughs> well, don't judge me. I wasn't judging. Yeah, you are. It can be as simple as that. <laughs> What's he even getting quieter in here? <laughs> You got something in your eye. What does that mean? You got a problem. You got a defect. You've got an issue. But you consider not the beam, the bigger thing that's in your own eye. This will prevent judging. If every time you notice something about somebody else, you do this. If you see something in somebody's eye, tell me what's the first thing you should do. Get out the mirror. Come on, are y'all with me? If you see something in somebody's life, what's the first thing you're supposed to do? Examine yourself. Do I have that? Or worse? And just doing that will break you from judging. If you'll be honest. Why behold a moat that's in your brother's eye and consider not the beam that's in your own eye? How will you say to your brother, let me pull out the moat out of your eye and behold, a beam is in your own eye. (laughs) He's talking about somebody's wanting to straighten out other people and their life's a mess. They want to preach to other people and correct them. And they got glaring issues that they won't deal with themselves. Verse verse 5, you hypocrite. (laughs) You're a hypocrite. First, cast out the beam out of your own eye. And then, I might say it only then, shall you see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. 
And how many think you'd have a different attitude about it too? If it took you a bunch of time and work and other people had to help you get the beam out of your eye and then it took you a while to heal up over it, Uh (laughs) right? You're going to have a different attitude about somebody who's got a little speck in their eye. And you'll say, hey, I just went through that myself. And if I can help you, um, I'll help you. Right? Right? But to come down in accusative and a critical way, it would just be hypocritical. Because I just got through getting uh, beam deliverance myself. (laughs) Right? 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 (laughs) You wouldn't you come across with the kindness? People that have been through it themselves and are honest are not going to be harsh and judgmental. They've been there. They know it's not easy. They know what it is. <laughs> All right. Turn with me, please. Over to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. We're laying a foundation. And we're going to camp on this and stay on this until we get enlightened and healed and filled. And thrilled. And get completely delivered from judging. And quit denying it. And start dealing with it. And what will happen as a result? We can stop judgment in our own life. Because if you don't judge, what? You won't be judged. Is that a big deal? Oh, we're going to talk about it before it's over with. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. We're talking about trouble in your life. We're talking about problems in your life. How many want to be spared problems in your life? You want to get out of difficulties. Within you, what it is, you don't want to be judged. In 1 Corinthians 11, and down about uh, verse uh, 31. For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. Is this written to us as New Testament believers? 1 Corinthians is is New Testament, right? To the saints at Corinth. If we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. That we should not be condemned with the world. Even in that judgment, there's mercy. To spare us from something coming later. But what's the best solution? Verse 31. It's some of the best news you'll ever hear in your life. We can prevent judgment in our lives by simply judging ourselves and not judging others. These two big things. Judging ourselves and not judging others. Now go with me, please, to the book of James. James chapter 2. James 2 and 12. I'm reading in the ASV. He said, So speak ye, and so do, as they that are to be judged by a law of liberty. 
what Jesus did. For judgment is without mercy to him that showed no mercy. But mercy glories against judgment. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. Mercy Mercy. glories Glories. against judgment. The NIV says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. You expect to get mercy? Isn't this, how many believe judgment's coming? To the world? The great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ? Does the Bible talk about there's coming a time when all these things are going to be judged? How many is expecting mercy? Mercy, because of what Jesus has done for us. Are you? Well, if we've received mercy, it's only honest and right that we show mercy. Right? I mean, if he's been merciful with me, for then me to get hard and critical and judgmental with you is hypocritical. It's acting like I didn't need mercy and didn't get mercy. And that's what he's talking about. Everything we do, we should remember we have gotten mercy and we're going to get mercy. The easy to read says it like that. I'll read this one instead. It says, you'll be judged by the law that makes people free. You should remember this in everything you say and do. You must show mercy to others. If you don't show mercy, then God won't show mercy to you. But the one who shows mercy can stand without fear before the judge. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Mercy glories over judgment. What do you want? Mercy or judgment? Hmm? If we don't show mercy, the scripture says we won't get mercy. We will get what we gave. If we judge, we'll be judged. Does the scripture say if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven? Does it say that? Did Jesus say that? If you don't forgive other people, Your father won't forgive you. Does the Bible say that? We're going to look at it in depth. It's there more than once. This is serious stuff. This is serious business. What if you're not forgiven? Will that affect your life? What if you're judged? Is that going to affect your life? Oh. But if you show mercy when you need it, You'll get mercy. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe it. Thank you, Lord. Now go with me, if you would, while you're excited, to the book of Job. Somebody said, Job? Can anything good come out of Job? Job wound up healed and twice as rich as he was before that deal started. So if you're going to say, I'm just like poor old Job, 
First of all, you need to drop the poor. And then you need to shout. If you like Job. (laughs) Because Job overcame. Got healed. And got twice as much as what he lost. Now what we see in the book of Job is a behind the scenes glimpse of the high court of heaven and some things that go on there. In Job 1 and uh, verse 7, the Bible says the enemy came up and the Lord said to Satan, where are you coming from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Is this still going on today? Well, New Testament says he goes about. Is that right? To and fro. Seeking what? What's he looking for? He's seeking for someone to devour or to destroy. The, The enemy's main names in scriptures are destroyer. Abaddon, Apollyon, which both mean destroyer. But don't you like that word may? Seeking whom he may. So he can't just indiscriminately destroy people's lives. So we should ask ourselves what determines who he can destroy and who he can't. Is this something we need to know? Goes on after that talking about resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Are Christians who, who are believers, they're born again, they're going to heaven, but are there Christians in the earth whose lives are being devoured yeah. and lives are being destroyed? Yeah. No doubt. No question about that. Is that the perfect will of God? No, no it's not. And then others that are not experiencing the same destruction. And that's why some people will throw their hands up and go, God, it's not fair. Watch out now. What you just did is judged God. Oh, I wasn't. Oh, yeah, you were. You judged him unfair. People all over this planet are judging God unfair. How many folks you think have shook a fist and go, this is not right? What's not right? Who's not right? See, it's an accusation straight against God. You, what you're doing is not fair, what is not right. And the reason one reason we're reading in Job is because Job did that. He accused God of not being fair. Can you handle this today? Can you? Huh? How many, how many know you need something besides tater chips and ice cream all the time? I mean, sometimes, right, you need something, some solid food. Is there something you're going to have to yeah. chew on? Yes, sir. Something you're going to have to chew on, think about. And you don't, don't, you don't just take my word for it. You write these verses down. You go read them. You get, get in your Bible and look at other verses that deal with this. See if this is right. Is it the right dividing of the Word of God? But don't get too intellectual about it. Are there Christians whose lives are being devoured and destroyed? Is it the work of the devil? 
Is it the will of God? No. And others that are not experiencing that destruction, what's the difference? Why may he devour them, but he may not devour this? Why? What's the difference? What do you see right here? Is the enemy came up before the Lord. And he's going up and down in the earth. And, and, and what's he doing? We know from other scripture. He's seeking to destroy. The devil and his cohorts. They are real. And he is. You, you never met a more cruel sadistic being. He enjoys killing and destroying and stealing. He enjoys it. He is beyond redemption. Can't be saved or changed. And as long as he has any opportunity, he's going to kill everybody he can kill, destroy everybody he can destroy. And his favorite people to destroy is God's people. But are we just at his mercy of which he has none? What's the enemy after here? In verse 8. The Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil? Now this, this is the King James. And a lot of people have come away with the idea that God brought Job up to the devil and said, have you thought about jumping on him? No. No. The Young's literal translation, which is literal rendering of the Hebrew, Jehovah said to the adversary, have you set your heart against my servant Job? God's just ahead of him. He knows why he's there. He knows what he's got on his mind. The devil has set his heart. Why? Because Job is righteous. He's a godly man. He's a good man. And what makes it so much worse for the devil is he's a billionaire. The devil hates righteous people. But if there's anything he hates more, it's rich. Righteous people. Uh-huh. That's why you hear even church people get so vehement. In talking against people of God that have something or substance, especially preachers. Why? Because the Bible said, talked about wisdom, that the wisdom of the poor is not heard. Well, does God want his things heard and known or not? Well, in this world, that means money, which is another sermon. The devil is chafed over Job. Why? Because the man has clout. He has clout in his city. If you read the book of Job, you'll find. I mean, he talks about when the elders came, when he spoke, that was it. Everybody said, that's it. That's what we're going to do. And he always talked about doing it God's way and doing it the right way and showing mercy and according to the word. And he's influencing the whole city. One thing, he hires, you know, 500 people and, and he's got the biggest herds, his herds and everything's into the thousands and multiplied thousands. All he's got to do is, is pull his herds and, and they don't have a cow sale. 
You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he, the man's got clout. And boy, the devil is chafed over it. So he wants to hurt Job. He wants to shut him up. He wants to shut him down. He wants him out of the picture. So why don't he just go take him out? Because he can't. Because he can't. He can't just go take him out. Because he wants to. I know that uh, some years ago, the enemy kept bringing thoughts to my mind. I'm going to kill you. You know, you're not going to live much longer. I'm gonna, he brings thoughts to everybody. I cast them down. But he's a persistent cuss. I'm going to kill you. You're not going to make it much longer. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Finally, thank God the Holy Spirit on the inside of me brought to my mind. I don't mean heard a voice, but inside me. He said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already done it? And it hit me. I thought, yeah, yeah, bad boy. Why? Why hadn't you already done it? You know why he hasn't already done it? Because God, his holy angels, his Holy Spirit have kept you until this present hour. That's why. Well, then why is he able to get to some folks? And why has he been able to get to us in some situations? Because he got judgment against us. He got judgment against us against us and you know whose fault it was more than anybody else's why is he here what's this about then he starts in well I'm going to paraphrase a little bit have you, have you, you've set your heart I see on my servant Job well you've put a hedge around everything he's got how does he know about that hedge because he's been around it 10,000 times trying to get in, looking for a way to get in. And he wants to hurt him, and he can't do it. You put a hedge about everything that he's got. And uh, if he didn't have that, and he says, put forth your hand and touch him. But what he, God's not the destroyer. What he wants is judgment that allows him access And for reasons that weren't clear to Job nor his friends, but we're going to talk about them later, he got access. The Lord told him, he's in your hand, but don't touch his life. The Lord drew it wherever he could. And I mean immediately. The enemy went out. Is that right? And I mean all at once. The biggest thieves and robbers in the country decided they had to steal Job's stuff. And all at once, tornadoes start hitting. Come on, are you listening? This is the devil. This is all the devil. And then after that, Job still didn't curse God and accuse God. But that wasn't the end. Have you you read the book? The enemy, the devil wants him gone. Why? Why? Because he is influencing his world for God. So then he starts making accusations. Well, yeah, if you didn't protect his body, I mean, if he lost his health, he'd, he'd cuss you for sure. He'd deny you. And for whatever reasons. Now, now here's something you've got to take by faith. 
God's not pleased in destruction. Lamentations talks about he does not willingly afflict or allow, we're talking about allowing the destroyer access. I know we're dealing with some weighty subjects today, but can you take it or not? Do you want to know these things? Do we need to know these things? We need to know. And so judgment was made against Job and that gave the destroyer access and he did everything. He couldn't kill him. The Lord said, you can't. And, but he did everything but. And if you read the rest of the book after that, you will see discussion of judgment. Judgment, 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 judgment. The whole book's full of it. And his three friends came. Didn't he? And they were his friends. But they all believe in God. And you'd be hard pressed to indicate that they knew a devil existed. This is a long time ago. I don't know that they even knew that a devil existed. And so they're trying to figure out why this happened because it was obvious. These ain't no ordinary problems. Right? This is supernatural devastation and destruction falling on a man like we ain't never seen. What happened to him? He got judged. That judgment allowed the destroyer access. And he destroyed. But then Job's three friends. Now, a lot of people's getting stirred up that you're going to go back and read Job, ain't you? <laughs> Good. Good. Now you need to read it with one hand on Romans. Helping you to see how, how it they didn't have that light and truth. Job's three friends, not with him for very long, they came to comfort and stayed to accuse. <laughs> you know when people are going through things? A lot of times all you need to do is be there. You don't need to preach. Oftentimes, when people are going through things traumatic to them, they are not in a position where they want to hear anything, or even if they need to. And what you need to do is just be there and don't preach. Somebody only needs to hear that. You need to hear, stop it. You're causing problems. Just be, sometimes just be in there, just a hand on the shoulder. Just, I'll be in here cleaning up the kitchen. Can I get you some tea? Just sit there at the table and go, we love you. We're with you. It matters. And I don't care if people did blow it and brought it on themselves, have you ever blew it? Have you ever brought anything on yourself? It's not time nor your place to talk about that. It's just we love you. God loves us. He's not going to forsake us. We're going to get through this. Right? We're going to get through this. We're with you. It means so much. It will just you being there will put strength into them. But Job's three friends, I know they meant well. 
But they basically started judging Job. They said, well, you must have done this. Or you must have done that. You must have done this. Or maybe you did that. Because this kind of stuff don't just happen. There's a reason. Tornadoes hit your house, didn't hit anybody else's house? Huh? All these robbers and thieves just fall, take all your stuff and don't bother anybody else. I mean, Job, buddy, you missed it. Man, what did you do? What did you do? And they went on and on. And then he got upset. First of all, he went through a big depression. He said, I wish I'd never been born to go through this. He's hurting, man. He's hurting in every way, inside and out. He said, I wish I could just die. I want to die. And then he got mad. He said, God, what's this? I've served you. I've done all this. Why'd you do this to me? And basically before it's over, he's he's saying, this is not right. This is not fair. What happened? Job's friends judged him. Job judged God. A lot of judging going on here. And uh, Job got worked up. Well, he said, I'm going to die anyway. I mean, everybody left him. His wife looks him in the eye. Would you just curse God and die and get, get this over with? I mean, he, he feels like he ain't got nobody. And his three good friends sitting over there going, well, you need to repent. What you need to do. Get right with God. He said, I am right with God. I've done good things. This is not right. What's happened to me is not right. It's not fair. And then he, then he pointed directly at God. He said, I wish God would show up and talk to me. I know it ain't going to happen, but I, if it would, I'd tell him. I'd say, God, why'd you do this? I'd ask him. I wish he'd give me an audience. <laughs> and about 35 chapters later, here comes a whirlwind. And God spoke out of it and said, who is this? Darkens counsel without knowledge. I'm going to paraphrase some more. Who wants to see me? All right. Gird up your loins. Talk like a man. Here I am. What you want to say? <laughs> Woo. Job said, uh, 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 I, I opened my mouth once and, and, and I opened it again. But right now I'm going to lay my hand right here on my mouth. I, And then I said, no, no, no. No, you got some questions for me. Well, I got some questions for you. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? How does this work? And to every one of these questions, Job would have to say, I don't know. I I had no idea. I always wondered about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And what the Lord was saying is, you don't know any of this, and yet, you accuse me of being unfair and unjust. And you have no understanding of what to God is even the most basic things. How many believe we need to trust him? 
We need to trust him. Everything he does and does not do is righteous, just, and fair. And if we don't understand it and we don't see it, it's just because something's wrong with the way we're looking. Because when we see it, we'll go, oh, the Lord was perfectly fair. He was perfectly just. I'm convinced some of the things people get so upset and so confused about down here that uh, even 20 minutes after you're in heaven, you're going to be going, oh, oh, sure. Well, of course. Yeah. Oh, no wonder. Oh. But down here, we're still looking through a glass darkly. And finally, Job repented. He repented. He said, I I said things I should not have said. I repent in dust and ashes. And that's when it changed. Hallelujah. And God called Job's three friends on the carpet. He said, you've said things that wasn't right. And they repented. And he said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get my servant, Job, to pray for you. How many believe God loved him through all of this? Didn't he? He did. It didn't please God. But see, that judgment was obviously in his heart and mind before this happened. It just came out through the situation. He repented. He forgave them. How many know it's hard to pray for somebody and you holding a grudge against them? He obviously forgave them. And what did the Bible say after that? And God turned Job's captivity when he prayed for his friends. And immediately everybody came back and supported him and brought money. I said brought money. His body healed up. Hallelujah. And for it was over with, he's got a beautiful family again and got twice the money. So he's a double billionaire. And what's the devil doing? Oh, he's he's spitting nails. Is that right? Why? Because what he intended for the complete destruction of Job only resulted in him coming out stronger and brighter than he was before this thing started. Are you an overcomer? Are you more than a conqueror? Yes. Job went through, through some tough stuff. Job got judged. And Job's three friends judged Job. And Job judged God. Not good. But thank God for repentance. Is that right? Can you repent for judging other people? Yes, you can. And if you won't judge them, come on, what's going to happen then? You won't get judged. Did Job judge himself? Yes, he did. And what happened? Then then the judgment is cut off. And the, the, the Lord is able to say, hands off, hands off. You cannot touch him anymore. Hands off. He's repented. He's not judging me. He's not judging them. So he qualifies for, for protection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you think most of the church has seen how serious judging is? If folks knew and thought, understood, you start getting harsh and critical and judging folks, you can take your own protection off of your life. You can expose yourself to the attacks of the enemy. Make yourself vulnerable. If folks really realize that, 
Man, it would change things, wouldn't it? It would change things. We can realize it right now. Can't we? We can't control everybody else, but we can realize it right now. Go to Revelation, please. In closing, I think. Revelation 12. Oh, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. The scripture said, neither give place to the devil. How do you give place to the enemy? One of the ways, one of the big ways that place is given to the enemy is in judging. We're going to look at this more in detail. But uh, you will be, you have been and you will be tempted to judge. It's spiritual. It's a pull. Maybe before the day's out. Somebody will want to talk to you about somebody. And it's pretty simple. If it's negative about them, you're probably judging. Are y'all with me, friends? You're finding some fault with them. You're probably judging. And if somebody's talking about it, other people talking about it, and then they'll look to you and ask you what you think. And you will be pulled. I mean, you'll be in it talking about them too before you think about it. If you don't make a decision, I'm not going to. And one reason I'm saying this is because it is spiritual. There's more to it than just people having a conversation. The enemy, his, not, not the devil personally per se, but his spirits that are assigned to you. I know that's not a good thought, but they will be there. To try to influence you and get you to say and do things that are judgmental against that person. And you know why? It's not just so they can say, oh goody goody, we got him to say it. They are trying to build a case against you. So that they can get you judged. So that they can get to you. And hurt you. It is subtle. It's behind the scenes. It's working all the time. Why? Because if you don't show mercy, it's only right that you don't get mercy. If you judge, it's only right that you get judged. And what happens if you get judged? The destroyer can get to you. He gets access to you. How many want to close the doors? Close the doors and give him no access, no place then we have to stop judging. I don't care if it's obvious that what they did is wrong. I mean, it contradicts 15 scriptures. Even so, you don't know their heart. You don't know what they saw, what they didn't see. And besides that, you are not to judge. Is that right? It's not my, I've had people push me before. Because of a minister and having some visibility. What do you think about that, Brother Keith? And I said, I don't. What? I know you got an opinion on it. I'm not going to allow myself to have one. Why? Because I see what the enemy's trying to do here. I like being healed and feeling good. I, I enjoy Phyllis and I getting along and having a good home. I, I really enjoy having all my bills paid. and I just don't want to rock the boat. 
I just don't want to mess it up. Why? And if I blow it, you know what I want immediately and fully? I want mercy. I want mercy. I want help. So why? If somebody blows it around me, I should realize here's an opportunity for me to set myself up for mercy. And we will, you will. You'll set yourself up for judgment or you'll set yourself up for mercy. Even if you get mad, even if it hurts you or rubs you the wrong way, it is time to be kind. Time to be kind. Just, just say, well, I don't know what was on their heart, but I know God loves them. I'm for them. I'm for, I want to see them do well. I want to see them, if, if they're in bondage, I want to see them come out. I want to see them get clear. I don't care how badly somebody's fallen, that you can be restored. Is that right? And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You can be used of God again. Yes, you can. Somebody say, I'm for mercy. Mercy, the scripture said, rejoices over judgment. Revelation 12, are you there? Revelation 12. Verse 9. We're looking into the future here. Well, back up to verse 7. We're looking into the future. There was war in heaven, Revelation 12, 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Somebody say, the devil loses. <laughs> we just got through reading in Job about them accessing some things in heaven. Here's war and their place is found no more. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And they'll never have access. To the high places again. Verse 10. You glad about it, all of that? And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the what? For the what? The accuser of our brethren. Does this apply to Christians? Is revelation in the New Testament? Does he accuse us like he accused Job? Apparently so. The accuser of our brethren is cast down. What did he do? He accused them before our God day and night. He does this without ceasing. I know it's not a pleasant thought, but we need to wake up to what's going on and how things really operate. Wrong spirits are following you around with tape recorders. And video recorders trying to build a case against you. And anything you say and do can and will be used against you. In the high court of heaven. And no matter how much the Father loves us, He's not going to pervert justice for anybody. Because He is the righteous judge of all the earth. How many understand, if, if a judge is, is truly righteous, I don't care if you're his child. If you have violated and deserve to be called guilty or judged or punished, no matter how much he loves you, he has to say the correct judgment. Right? 
and sin should be judged. Thank God Jesus went to the cross and was judged for us. Hallelujah. So I said, well, then that's it. Then I'll never be judged. If you show other people the same mercy he showed you. But if you start judging other folks, when you got mercy, you take yourself out from under the mercy. Elsewise, what do these scriptures mean? If you judge, you'll be judged. If you won't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Serious business, don't you think? Serious business. He said, the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. I believe if we really saw and knew what was going on behind our back, so to speak, with the enemy, you talk about despise, you think you despise him now? Oh man, you realize what he's trying to do to you? What he's trying to work against you all the time? He's trying to get access to you, seeking whom he may devour. Can we keep the doors closed? Huh? Can we keep him on the outside looking in? Going around and around that hedge, but can't find a way in. Can we keep, can we keep him out? You can. You can if you choose to walk in love with everybody you see. Why do we think this is the New Testament commandment? God wants to keep us safe. Verse 11. They overcame him. Who? The accuser of the brethren that accused them day and night before God. They overcame him. How? It's by the blood of the lamb that we got mercy. It's by the blood of the lamb. Where we were due judgment, we got forgiveness and cleansing. Hallelujah. Mercy. That blood is actually on the mercy seat. And the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And if the Lord has loved us that way, it's just right. It's just honest that we love other people the same way. If he's been merciful with this, with, with us like that, it's, it's just right that I be merciful with you the way I was shown mercy. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's pray this out loud. Oh my. This is the reason some things have happened that happened. I saw some things. Everybody just close your eyes. Just play softly for us. Somebody said out loud, if you believe it in your heart, Father God. I believe your word. It is right. I confess you are completely righteous and just, fair and good in all your judgments, in all that you do and all you don't do. You are fair. I trust you no matter what. And I repent for judging others, finding fault with others, accusing others. It is not my place. I am not qualified. I never know 
all the situation, all its background, what led up to that, and how would I know what's really in their heart, what they know or don't know, see or don't see, I am not qualified to be their judge, and so I will not be. You're the judge. They stand before you. I will show them as you help me. Remind me. If I begin to speak a hard word or judge, show me. Check me. Help me to realize what I'm doing. And I'll stop it. And I'll repent. And with your help, I will show them mercy like you show me. I will forgive them like you have forgiven me. I will love them like you love me. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.